you, Lord, as we stand here or sit here today. Father, we thank you that we can join in with many others in your heart for your people, Israel. And we pray that we wouldn't forget, uh, that we would remember the people that are suffering. We pray your provision and blessing for the Palestinians, for children. But we pray too, Father, that you will set those captives free and that those children and those families that have been so affected by this awful war, that you will heal the brokenhearted and bring light, bring light, the light that comes through knowing you to all people. In Jesus' name. Praise God. You're a blessing. You're a blessing. Right. We're going to get into the word of God together. Ephesians chapter 3. Not an ordinary thing to, to hear the word of the Lord, is it? It's an extraordinary thing that we can know God's thoughts through the written word of God. And that God can actually speak into our hearts through his spirit, bringing his word alive on the inside. And I really pray that what God does in us today is going to be beyond anything that he's done before. What a, what a wonderful concept. But it's actually my faith too. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's just read this first. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's say this together. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is at work in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen, so be it. To him be glory. Paul prays a powerful prayer. It's one of the greatest prayers I think there is in scripture to pray for the church. He starts the book of Ephesians and he's training them and teaching them doctrine. And the first prayer he prays is over in chapter one, where he prays that we would see by revelation what we actually have already. So that we would know what is already in us through the gift of Christ within us. So we'd know the hope of our calling, we'd know the riches of our inheritance, and we would know the exceeding greatness of his power 
towards us who believe. That's the first prayer. Now, this second prayer isn't about doctrine and knowing. It's about experiencing the strength and the power of the Spirit. So you could almost say the first prayer was about getting to know what you already have and understanding it. But the second prayer is about getting what you know into reality. How many of you know you can know a lot but not have the power to do it? And this is what Paul prays now, that the church wouldn't just know everything and have every doctrine and every truth established in their lives, but that they would have an infusion of strength that will come from the Holy Spirit to enable them to be like Jesus in character and action. Wow! This is an epic, beyond your imagination kind of prayer because Paul finishes that this church collective, these people, would be filled with the fullness of God. Can you imagine your life like that? Just as full as Jesus was. Showing the nature, the love, the goodness of God, but also the power to set captives free, the power to heal the sick, the power to calm storms. Anybody excited about being a Christian yet? So knowing isn't the same as having the power to do it. And so Paul prays, and he's actually bowing before the Father for a particular reason. Because in verse, the previous verse, it says in verse 13, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. He's actually saying to this amazing church in Ephesus, they were a strong church, they were strong in the word, strong in their witness, but they were beginning to lose heart. And how many of you know if you begin to lose heart, your life will falter, you'll lose strength. And Paul was concerned that the troubles he was having was having an influence on them and putting them a little bit back and putting them out the fight, getting weary and tired doing the work, the work of the ministry, which is witnessing of Jesus and being like Jesus in every sphere of our relational lives, at work, at home, in business, so that we're actually a bright shining light in this generation. And he was concerned that the troubles outside were having an effect on the strength within. The outside pressures were getting too much. Raising kids, children, young people for God. Oh, I just want to just have a week's break. Having a marriage that reflects, reflects the love of Christ. Oh, it's just such hard work. There's so many disappointments when I've prayed for people at work. Oh, and they were stepping back a bit, losing heart and getting weary. And Paul's answer to people getting weary and getting discouraged, actually, it was causing a discouragement in the lives of these believers. His answer was to ask God to do something. 
Isn't it funny how if we're not careful, when we get tired, our answer is to go on holiday. Have a weekend off. Paul knew what the secret of strength was. Because the secret of strength in the human life is God himself. And so Paul says, for this reason I bow before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. In other words, I'm bowing before the God who is our Father, both those here left on earth, still on earth, that that actually currently means you. And the ones that are already in heaven, those we have known but have gone to glory. But let me just say this, it's really important. This isn't everyone. It's all those who are born of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's his family. God loves the whole world, but he has a family. We are God's children because we have been born again. Born of God through faith in what Jesus did for us. And so Paul says, I'm bowing before the Father, who's actually the Father of all of us. And He's a good Father because He's a God, He's a Father that provides, that protects, that enables us to live the most abundant life. And He says, I'm praying that according to His glorious riches, think of that. If I had a certain amount of ability to strengthen your life and I was willing to give it, I hope it would add to you. But that would be what I could do. Paul says, I don't want a human measure of help for you. I want the measure of God and his ability to help you. And to come and strengthen you so that you will be filled with the strength of God himself. According to is a wonderful measure, a divine measurement of of Paul's prayer for us. And this is a prayer I often pray for you. We often pray for you on our knees, asking God, according to his measure, to strengthen you. It's a wonderful prayer, isn't it? It's a prayer born out of love for people. Because whatever you love, you will pray for. And Paul loved God's church, God's holy people. And he prays for the divine measurement of power to strengthen these people with power. It reminds me a little bit in the Old Testament when Nehemiah and his, the people of God were building the walls, do you remember, of Jerusalem? And it says their hands got weak in the work. How many of you know you can start strong but then get weak in the work? And so Nehemiah prays, what a wonderful prayer. Strengthen their hands, Lord. 
These are people who are committed to following Jesus and doing his work. It's not, it's not talking about people who aren't part of the work of God. But he's talking to a people who are part of God's awesome work on earth. Strengthen the hands. Strengthen the hearts of the believers. You see, many Christians know a lot about how they should live. I should be more loving. I should be more gracious. I should be less judgmental and more merciful. I should be able to cope with raising kids. I should be free from fear. And what is happening in that comment is that they're saying, I'm going to try harder. But how many of you know trying harder only accesses your ability? But if we get the secret here of Paul's prayer, it's his ability letting God live through us. Letting him love through us, letting him forgive through us, letting him be gracious through us and not lose it. When your flesh feels like the pressure cooker that's about to explode, the Holy Spirit who's more powerful than the flesh can actually enable you to be calm. How many of you know the presence of God is here to change us? God living in us. And Paul does not say, I want you to man up and take courage. Tough it out. He says, let's let God in on this. Where you don't have the power, let's let God in to give you the ability to be just like Jesus. That's your potential if you are born again. See, non-Christians don't know anything about this superhuman strength because they don't have him living in them. And their message is different to ours. We pray that they would know him and believe in him and be saved. But when we're praying for Christians, we pray very differently than we do non-Christians. Because God himself has come to live in us. In our spirit. And because God is living on the inside of us, That means we have the power, ability, and potential in every situation. Not to be growing in our own ability to try better and be better. But in his ability, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have the ability to be a world changer. A few nods would be good. We have a few believing believers in the house. You have the ability. 
Christ in you. And I love this. Paul does not say, I'm going to pray for those who are, in my opinion, doing quite well at the moment. But for you lot, you better sort your life out. He actually just takes the whole church and says, hang on a minute, I do remember that scripture that says, I bet Paul went through this. Um, God gives generously to all without finding fault. Okay, Lord, if you're not finding fault with them, then I can just pray this as a blanket prayer because I know it to be your will that you will strengthen every single person listening to this message this morning with might. Not because you deserve it, not because of your performance, but because he's good and it is his will for every single believer. I pray out of his incredible riches that he would strengthen you with might from the inside out. Theology, really important. Paul does not say from the outside in. He doesn't pray this kind of prayer. Lord, would you come and presence yourself here? Because he says, you're here and you are in them already. You live already in every believer. I don't have to ask him to come when he's here. Has anybody ever heard the prayer of a Christian? This is the new covenant prayer, which is better than the old covenant. Rend the heavens and come down, Lord. And he said, but I did. That's what Christmas is about. And I never left because I sent my spirit. And so if we pray, assuming he's not there, we have a prayer of unbelief. But if we pray with the right mind, we pray with the mind of Christ, which is according to truth. This is not according to kingdom faith. It's according to the truth. May God strengthen you with might through his spirit in your inner man, which means he's already there. Wonderful. Wouldn't worship be completely different if we didn't think we have to sing five star songs before he comes? Until we feel something. Until they kind of hit the right notes up here. But we're all conscious that he's already here. Wouldn't prayer be completely different on your own having breakfast tomorrow morning, praying to the God who is here? Not praying for him to come. And this is such a key that we are to live from the inside out. From the God who is here, even though we don't see him, and most of the time don't feel him. Anybody? But we have a renewed mind according to truth that God is here. And all things are possible for the God who is here and the ones who believe that he is. I think this is particularly good this morning. 
Because I love to believe in the God who is here. That's what's good. Not the God who is going to come, but the God who has come. And when you're out at work this week, he never leaves. So he came the moment you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he never left. You might grieve him, because we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can sin and do things that don't please him, say things that don't please him. But he doesn't pack his bags and say, right, that's it, I'm off. He's not human. The measure of God's mercy is divine. Anybody happy about that? Even when you were bad, he's good. Even when you were unfaithful, he's faithful. Even when you were unkind, he's kind. But when you grieve someone, you know it, don't you? You can feel it. If I trod on, stamped on James's toe, he would feel it. He would feel it in more than one area. In his emotions and his thinking about me would be, ah. And that would affect our relationship. By the way, this is how to have great relationships. Not by doing that. But by realizing that what we do affects the whole person. If we sin against them, we need to say sorry. Just as we do with the Lord. If we confess our sins, God's faithful and just to forgive us. He doesn't never hold it against us, but he does wait until we say, I've sinned, I've done wrong. I'm really sorry, Lord. And the moment you do, that sin and that rela- has gone and that relationship back together again. But he never left you. And he never will. And Paul prays for this strengthened with might. I see that as strengthened with the almightiness of God. I love to imagine you guys full of the almightiness of God. Just turn to somebody next to you and say, I love to imagine you like that. Wow, all things are possible for those who believe. And he says, I pray that you be strengthened through might in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I don't believe Paul is is just praying for the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, is never anything but mighty in you. So he's not running out of power and having to get a bit more. He's always mighty in you. But we don't always have his resources in us and his ability in us. Your life will prove that. But I believe that Paul is saying, I want you to reach for the fullness of God. And to be full of God means not just in your spirit, your heart, but I believe what he is speaking of is the whole person your soul, your personality, to be filled with the life of Jesus. 
the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the nature of God, love, joy. However you want a touch of joy. Well, Lord, strengthen us with might so that we'd be filled in our soul. You see, Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the Holy Spirit bringing life from within you, not from outside. Be transformed again by the renewing of your mind so that that river will flood you. Because I'm so grateful the Christian life isn't down to my personality. What does the world need? We would all answer Jesus. So what does the world need of you to be full of Jesus? And if you're going to be full of Jesus, you need his spirit to fill you. And that's more than just speaking in tongues. Hello? Oh, I can speak in tongues. I got filled 30 years ago, you know. And I used that gift five times and that's it. I'm full. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about that your personality would be as loving and gracious and kind as the God who strengthens you to be like that. Letting God live through your personality, through your soul. Wow. That means your potential is the same as Paul's. And every believer you read of in the New Testament... Because you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you. Wonderful. Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. That he would make his home in every room of your house. Not you can just have my spiritual life, but my soul and my body you can't have. That Christ will dwell in your hearts That means make a home in you. Not just accepted, but ignored. But this perfect relationship that he gave us with him, restored perfectly with him, would then fill every room, your mind, your decisions, your attitudes, influenced by the Holy Spirit. Let's get under the influence. Under the influence of God. That's why scripture says don't be drunk with wine. But guys, he doesn't leave us out to have the worst, most miserable life. He says be filled with the Holy Spirit, which is even better. It never gives you a headache. doesn't rub off. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is able to give you an abundant life. People reach for the drink because they're not reaching for him. They go for other things that think they can fulfill them, but only Jesus can make us fulfilled and make us be what we're called to be, power. And Paul says, by faith, Christ will dwell in your hearts by faith. Up to this point, Paul has been praying for the church, now he gives them this little two-word phrase, by faith. 
So everything that Paul has prayed, he now says it needs to come into your experience because you respond in faith to this prayer. Interesting. I think we would rather he missed the by faith out, that it would be automatic. But he didn't. He said, I need to teach you exactly the way Jesus taught you to pray. Because Paul doesn't change the doctrine of prayer from the master, Jesus. Because Jesus said in Mark 11, when you pray, at that moment you ask, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. So the moment you ask, our response is then to take hold of it in the heart by faith. So Paul says, I'm giving you the will of God. I'm praying God's will for you, but it'll do you no good unless you take it. Oh, so being strong isn't just automatic. It comes by faith. And this is where we get messed up. Because as Christians, we love to feel and experience things. Don't we? I love it when I have an experience of God. But faith is not a feeling. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see or feel. So when Paul says, I want you to believe for extraordinary power to be like Jesus and act like Jesus in your world, he's saying, It's not because you feel anything, it's because you receive it by faith, just like Jesus taught us to pray. And I really love the way the Lord works with us in partnership. He doesn't do everything for us, even though Jesus accomplished everything for us. He says, I'm looking for a response that this is what you're going to get in your experience. By faith you receive it, and it will be yours. Wonderful teaching, isn't it? Paul's teaching here, not doubting, because you didn't feel anything when they prayed. Not doubting, because, I don't know, how do I know it's happened? Because you receive it by faith. When you pray. Jesus has promised never to leave us or forsake us. But he's promised a whole lot more than just being present. He's promised us power. And there is a power that comes into your life through the strength of the word of God, the truth. But often there's a power missing in many lives because they're not accessing the strength of the Holy Spirit. And we need both the word and the spirit. Because the word is the word, is God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him and through him. But the spirit within us is God's enabling ability to fulfill the will of God in our lives. The church is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord.
You can do what Jesus says. You can be what Jesus says. If Jesus says you can do the same works as him, it's not because you, in your human ability, will. It's because you allow the strength and the might of God to fill you so that it's easy, it's an outflow of inner strength. Scripture's really interesting when you read it, how you can have a strong spirit or a weak spirit. And I believe that the weak, which would include me, will be made strong this morning because of this prayer. But faith comes first by hearing and hearing by the word of God through the prayer that is written in the word. And then we come into this consciousness that Christ is in us. You can know it by doctrine, but now Paul says, I don't just want you to have Christ living in your heart through faith and be conscious of him. I want you to know by experience the love of God. When Paul prays for strength, the first thing is that we know that Christ is within us. We're conscious of him, not ourselves. But the very next thing he says, I want you to know how loved you are. I want you to be rooted and grounded in love. Like a tree that has its roots being nourished, I want that love that is God himself to fill your inner being. That on the inside, you will know that you know that you know all the time, in every circumstance, I'm loved. I'm loved with an everlasting love. God loves me all the time. He never doesn't love me. God loved me when he sent his son to die on the cross. He showed it. But I can know by experience now the love of God. And he says, I don't just want you to know it as a doctrine. I want you to experience the depth, the width, the height, the breadth of the love of God with all the saints. Nobody misses out. Happy days. Not one of us not experiencing God's love. It makes you strong. It makes you stable to know you're loved. That when storms come and trouble comes, you're not going to lose heart. You just walk around saying, well, God loves me. He's for me. Who can stand against me? He's loved me with an everlasting love. I, I am loved all the time, no matter what I feel. But I can experience that love. Then he goes on to be filled with all the fullness of God. Because if you're filled with love... You're full of God. Because God is love. Taunton's going to be so blessed this week. Everybody you meet is going to be so blessed this week. But if your mind says, I'm going to put a limit on this, then according to your limit, it shall be done. But what about being full of God? To be so experiencing God's love and power and ability to love like Jesus loves. Love forgives. Love hopes all things. 
Love believes all things. Love endures all things. You won't give up on that person because you will endure all things. Love never fails. Rooted and grounded in love. Not human ability, but divine power. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. What a prayer. What a prayer. According to the power that works in us. Paul says, now to him who is able to do. This morning. I've got my eyes on you. But God's got his eyes on you too. You filled to the fullness with God. Look around you, just say, I've got faith for that for you. (laughs) In your marriage, hello, I've got faith for that. At work, I've got faith for that. That I won't grow tired or weary of loving and giving. And serving God. Because I'm strengthened. I'm not going to give up in this race. Because God keeps me strong. I'm not going to fall back when a storm comes and go, why does God not care? He does care. He loves me all the time. All the time. He loves me. That's it. I am loved perfectly. Jesus actually said, if your mind can grasp this, and I've nearly finished. As the Father has loved me. So I have loved you. As the Father has loved me, just receive that as a word from him. As the Father has loved me, Jesus said, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Stay in it. By keeping within my will for your life. And I'll strengthen you to do my will in all things. You'll have power to resist temptation. When you're full of God, saying no to sin is easy. Because God himself is the ability to resist temptation. To be holy in this time. To stand for truth. In a day when everybody wants to knock you down. You're able to stand for truth. Not in your ability. Like on the marches around London saying, I can do this. No, God enable me to live what your will is for my life. That's the difference. It's a different thing. It's not the arm of the flesh, but it's the might of God. Now to him who's able to do far more than we could ask or imagine this morning, according to the power, don't miss that. What power? His spirit. He already told us what he was praying for. The power, the might of the spirit at work in you. And this morning, I believe... God is going to give. 
his strength. To all who want to receive it, by faith. How many want to receive strength? Whatever that means for you in your world, your relationships, your business, you're raising kids, you're being a parent, being a single, whatever it is. God, I want to receive. Some people say it's not biblical to ask again for the Holy Spirit. Well, you haven't read Acts. Because after being filled, they asked again in Acts 4. And there was an extraordinary power that came on the church in that prayer. Because we're going into a prayer meeting, by the way. We've heard the word, we're going to go and do it. We're about to move into a prayer time. Power came. And they were so filled with boldness, they could stand against anything and say, no, we're going to honor God and say, stand for the truth, but not in an aggressive spirit. Not in hate. There's a spirit of hate cannot be allowed in the church. Hello? For whoever you are, whatever background, God wants his people full of love. And for the worst sinner, you remember Jesus with a woman caught in adultery. I don't condemn you, but he gives power to change and not continue in sin. That's the gospel. It isn't just forgiveness, it's power to be different. And until you get God in your life, you don't have power to be different. Hello? So we shouldn't point the finger at the unsaved. We've got God on the inside. And so all things are possible because of it. Resist hate. Resist the hate coming through media, Instagram. I plead with you, don't use your Facebook to criticize other people. Stand for what is true and what is right, but in the right spirit. The spirit of love, of mercy, and of grace. Media cannot be allowed to shape our lives. The word of God in the power of the Holy Spirit is what must shape the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. I know that if you've been going through a storm, I know that there will be some people here inevitably feeling very weary this morning. And I believe that God is speaking not just to those who are weary and those who have been in a trial, but he is speaking to us all to not work for him without the power. To not do life, whether it's at work, at school, in homes, being a witness in your community, don't do life without his strength. Because what quickly can happen in any church without the Holy Spirit strengthening is we become legalistic. 
We need the power. And the power to strengthen us is first outworked in the love of God filling us. That will be rooted and grounded personally in God's love. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Reach out in whatever way. A posture in your heart this morning. and I'm just going to pray for you. I have already many times gone through this prayer. But I'm going to pray. Father, I bow before you. You're the father of this family as you are of every Christian, every believing believer, both here on earth and in heaven. But in a unique way, Lord, I believe you've put your finger on a need, a reason for this prayer. And it's that we've got weary or weak. We've kind of lessened off, allowing the Holy Spirit in us to flood our whole souls and personalities with himself. And so, Lord, this morning, I ask according to the riches of your glory that you will strengthen with might through your spirit right now in the inner man the inner soul, the personality, spirit, soul, and body, your spirit would move out from the inside and begin to fill your people. The Christ, the one within, would fill every room of our lives. Invite him now to come on. Fill every part of me. From the inside out, Lord, flood like a river. The Holy Spirit moving in our souls. Changing us like you did water to wine. Changing the natural to the spiritual. Changing the human to the divine. Changing our human love to divine love. The love that never runs out. The love that never stops giving. Praise you, Father. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.